let me quickly um, let you understand that I, by, by waiting, I don't mean um, going to Achia Mountains to do waiting. I don't mean finding a, a, a prayer place to go and sit and then wait. That's not what I mean. Even though those are good things, that is not the focus of the message today. Waiting in the context of the message this morning is having the ability to wait on God for his promises. Having the, the patience, having the discipline to wait on the Lord for the thing that he has said he will do. Amen. One of the most difficult things to do in life is to wait. Nobody likes to wait. Particularly in our generation. Those days, people were more inclined to wait and be patient. For us, particularly millennials and the generations that follow, waiting is not in the vocabulary. That is why when people are stuck in traffic, they cannot, they cannot stand it. Now, when, sometimes I don't understand. When, it, when people are in traffic and then the traffic light comes on green, immediately those behind start honking. They are in a hurry for you to move. Everybody is in a hurry. Um, there was a time I remember several years ago when the only internet connectivity we had was Edge. You remember those days? When you click on a thing, Master, you, you can't go and sleep and come, and then the thing is still loading. Now we have 3G, we have 4G, I hear 5G and, and so on, they are all in their works and they are coming. Now you, you just click the thing and whilst you are clicking, it is loading. Because we are in a fast-paced society. Nobody wants to wait. When people are going to buy food and they are in the queue, and somebody comes and the person seems to be buying for 20 people, everybody in the queue is annoying because nobody wants to wait. And, and, and it's, it's almost as if we feel that by the person buying more or buying so much, we will not get some to buy. And so what you we need to say, but we don't want to wait. Can I preach this one? People don't want to wait. And that is why I feel the Lord laid on my heart that I, I preach and teach on this message titled waiting. Tell somebody, learn to wait on the Lord. Tell another, learn to wait on the Lord. Uh, those who are married, you know, you dress up in the morning, particularly the men, you have, you have dressed, you are ready to come to church or go out for a wedding or go for um, an event of some sort and, and then your wife says, I'm, I'm ready, I'm done. But you know that the, the, the time between I am done and when she's actually entering the car is one hour. Amen. Yes. And somebody, ping, 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 ping. Oh, check, oh, check. But nobody wants to wait. Hallelujah. We have even been told that time waits for no man. So, in end, we have to be quick. That is why now we have fast food. Food that is fast. Because we can't wait. So, everything must, must, must be big quickly. People cannot wait for, for their children. People cannot wait for marriage. People cannot wait for a job. We cannot wait anymore. I pray for you that you would have the discipline to wait on the Lord till such a time as he comes through for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, the book of Acts, chapter 1, from the 1 to 14. Acts 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Now, before, before we go on, before we go on, one, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, 
So um, this is for somebody called Theophilus. Um, theologians have, have several schools of thought on who Theophilus is. Let me just give you two of them, and then we can move on to the substance of the matter. For some, the word Theophilus means, not for some, the word Theophilus means the one who loves God or lover of the Lord. Theo means God, Phil means love. So the one who loves God, lover of God. And it says the former treaties have I made to you, lover of God. To some people, to some theologians, this means a particular person whose name was Theophilus. To others, it is to all those who love the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we are still not sure who Theophilus is as it is in this scripture. In fact, there are others who will tell you Theophilus was one of the Sadducees. And there, there, there's, there's evidence, both in the book of Acts and in the book of Luke, written by the same author, as to why they think that Theophilus is um, a Sadducee. But for me, I believe that Theophilus rep- represents everybody who loves God. Because Theophilus means lover of God. And so if you are a lover of God, you are also a kind of Theophilus, and this is for you. Can I preach it? Okay, number two, verse two. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Go ahead. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Go ahead. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Somebody say wait. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Five. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Seven. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly upon heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Let's stop here. Let's stop here for now. Hallelujah. Now, This is one of the things that makes waiting even more difficult. The Lord told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem for the promise that I made to you. For uh, John baptized you with water, but not many days from now you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So don't go anywhere, don't move from Jerusalem, wait. When is the Holy Ghost coming? We don't know. Where in Jerusalem? We don't know. Where should we go and wait? We don't know. Just wait. Imagine staying there and then waiting. Waiting for a promise. He says, I have promised you. The promise will come, but wait. How many of you have been there before? Where it feels like the Lord has spoken to you concerning a situation, concerning something, and then he's asking you to wait. You see, Waiting is one of the processes through which God forms us into what he wants us to be before we get the things that we want to get. The waiting process is as important as what we are believing God for whilst we are waiting. Hallelujah. 
It is almost as if through the waiting period, God does something with our beings. God transforms us. God updates our software and fixes certain bugs that are wrong with us. Can I preach that one too? Have you tried installing a new update for your laptop before? When you're about to install and then it says two hours to go. And I'm wondering, <laughs> two hours, how? I need the thing to work with now. Now, if you keep deferring the update, a time will come, the thing may crash because the bugs will have a problem. It will create a problem for you. However, if you are to wait for that two hours for the update to download, and then you update it, you realize that the, the, the machine or the computer may run better than it used to run. And that is what God will do with us usually when he says wait. And it's not because he wants to punish you. There are times he just wants to fix certain things with you whilst he's preparing you for what you're asking for. The day uh, Prophet Samuel entered into the house of Jesse and God had uh, asked him to anoint the next king. He went there. We know the story. He anointed David. After that anointing, people will think that once a prophet, the Bible says, his words never fall to the ground. So once this man has anointed me, then tomorrow morning, I should be king. Otherwise, why did he come here? But if you study scripture carefully, you realize that it took another 15 years from when he was when he was anointed to when he actually became king in Israel. 15 years. Another man called Joseph, he had a dream one day. In fact, it was because of his dreams that his brothers hated him, according to scripture. It was because of his dream that his own father rebuked him. What do you mean that me and your mother and the rest of us are coming to bow before you? What do you mean? Are you better than the rest of us? The brothers said, don't you know that in Jewish culture, the inheritance passes from the father to the eldest son and the rest of the sons. And so how would the, your elder brothers are here and you are saying that we will come and bow before you? And they sold him out. And it took another 14 years from the time he had the dream to the time he actually became prime minister. Hallelujah. This is the thing. Whilst waiting, waiting is not just standing there doing nothing. Waiting is working. Can I preach? The reason why a farmer can wait patiently for a harvest is because he knows that he has actually sown something and planted something for which reason he has the right of expectation of a harvest. Without planting anything, there is no way a farmer can be there one day and say, I'm waiting for my harvest. From where? He will wait for a harvest and receive a harvest in due season because of what he has actually planted. A story, uh, one of the, they, they call it the Chinese bamboo. And uh, you read on it and you'll be told, when you plant the Chinese bamboo, in the first five years, all you will see is a small shoot that has emerged from the ground, small shoot. In the first how many years? Five years. In the first, do you know five years? Five years. No, that's a long time. Because first degree university education in Ghana is four years. But the first five years, you plant it and you just see a small shoot. Mind you, you still have to water it and give it sunlight and all the things it requires on a daily basis within those five years. Five whole years. Watering it, five whole years. Ensuring that the sun it has adequate sunlight. Five whole years, tending to it, five years. And then suddenly, after the fifth year, within 90 days, it grows 90 feet up. 
Within 90 days, after the five years, it grows 90 feet up. That's almost like one feet every day for the next 90 days. When did it actually grow? It grew within the five years. Because within the first five years, whilst your eyes are not really seeing anything happening, the growth is happening down there in the soil. The transformation is taking place. The growth and the increase is happening. The expansion is happening where even your eyes cannot see. But suddenly, within 90 days after five years, then because the foundations have been built and are so strong, it begins to sprout up and begins to go up. That is what the Lord is doing with many of you. Your eyes are not seeing what he's doing within the first two years, three years, four years, five years. But I I came to tell somebody, after that the Lord has finished doing what he will do with you during the waiting period, I see you sprouting up and I see you climbing up. I see you growing so quickly that people will not understand how come that your story has, has come this far. I pray for you that the Lord will magnify himself through you in your waiting period. Somebody say, that is my story. Now, that is why you must not joke or play around with the waiting period. Can you wait? Can you wait? When God says wait, wait. I told you, waiting is working. Now the Bible says, um, Isaiah 40, 31 I think, put it up. Isaiah 40. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Isaiah. 4031. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, now. Say they that wait upon the Lord. I can't hear you. Say they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, in English, sit down and sit up. They don't mean the same thing. Even though they both have sit in it. Do you agree? Sit down and sit up. They don't mean the same thing. Hallelujah. In the same vein, wait and wait upon, they don't mean the same thing. Many have been, have sort of misinterpreted or misquoted or, or, or have not properly explained the scripture. And because of that, when people read this, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They think quickly of Achaia mountains. And why you must go and wait upon the Lord somewhere so you get strength. Like I told you, I have nothing against that because I believe in having isolated time with your God for inspiration and for revival of your soul and your spirit, man. So there's nothing wrong with it. But I want us to do justice to to scripture. It says, they that wait upon. Wait upon means to serve, to be at the back and call of something, to, to, to be at someone's disposal, to, to be ready. It is like this, when you go to a proper, proper restaurant, not the ones by the roadside, proper restaurant, every table is assigned a waiter or a waitress. Mind you, that's where it comes from, wait. And what they do is that they wait upon a table. What that means is that whilst we are eating, if I want want salt, the waiter must be close, waiting for me and attending to my every need. 
So if I say I want salt, he quickly or she quickly gets it for me. If I say I want water, she is there to get it for me. If I say I want more pepper, it is coming. If I want more soup, it is coming. I, don't, I didn't like this thing, so can you change it for me? It is coming. That is his or her job. She is waiting upon my table. And so when the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord, what he's saying essentially is that we are standing at a certain place waiting for God's instructions, for God to tell us, do this for me, do that for me, do this for me, and we do it and we serve. Though we are not receiving what we think we should be receiving, we are just at the place of service unto the Lord. That is why whilst you are waiting to get married, serve in the house of God. That is why while you are waiting for a baby, serve in the house of God. That is why while you are waiting for a job, serve in the house of God. Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Can I preach that one? Okay. Now, waiting on the Lord, number one, it requires patient trust. It requires patient trust. It means that we give God the benefit of the doubt. We, 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 we trust that God knows what he's doing whilst we are waiting. Hallelujah. We trust that he, 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 he's still working things out. So we are waiting patiently and we trust him. For many of us, the reason the Lord will take us through a period of waiting is because he wants to see and test if indeed we trust him. Because a man can say anything once he's full. A man can say anything once he doesn't have any problem. But when you squeeze him a bit, would he still say the things he's saying today? Hallelujah. Can I preach that one? When, 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 when he doesn't have an issue, would he, still, would he still trust the Lord? When he has issues on him, when things are not working out, would he trust him? So, I Bishop said sometime, he said, faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. Because the faith you say you have, it must be put to test. Hallelujah. So, number one, waiting requires patient trust. Number two, waiting on God reminds us that God is in control. Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6. Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word do I hope. Six. My soul waited for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Hallelujah. Now, in those, in ancient times, they had watchmen who their job is to be on the, whether to call it balconies or security posts of the gates and the walls in the cities. And their job is simply to watch during the night to ensure that uh, if any attacks are imminent, they sound the alarm so everybody in there, the soldiers can get ready. So they also wait for the break of dawn so they alert everybody that it is daybreak, everything is fine, nothing happened whilst you were asleep. And their job is to watch and wait. And the psalmist says, my soul waits for the Lord more than those whose job it is to be on the post waiting. Not, not only that, he says it again. I say more than, if you didn't hear me, that's virtually what, what the psalmist is saying. That for the Lord, more than they that watch for the morning, I say more than they that watch for the morning. Emphasis. 
He's giving emphasis to God. He wants you to understand that the level of waiting and readiness he is for, to wait for God. Hallelujah. Now, those who are waiting on those posts know that there are things that are within their power. There are things they can't control. For example, they have no control. It is not within their power. They can't fast forward the rising of the sun. So all they do is to wait patiently there whilst it is, it is, dawn is breaking. They are waiting for the sun to rise. They can't control it. Also, you have to understand that whilst you are waiting for the Lord, there are things you cannot control. All you've got to do is wait. You don't know when the sun will rise, but all you have to do is wait. Tell somebody, wait. Tell another, wait, 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 wait. So waiting reminds us that God is in control. God is in control. There are many of us, we think we must be in charge of everything. We must control everything. We, we, many people I have met in life, they, they want to control every part of their life. They, 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 they want their the, the, the life to be like a TV they have the remote to. So they determine the channel they watch, watch at which time. They want to switch to this. They want to control every aspect of life. But you see, child of God, there is no way you can control every aspect of your life. Because if you do, you will not need God. It is because you need him that that waiting reminds you that God is in control. Even you, when you give birth to your own child, your, your, your child, you determine what school he will attend. Hallelujah. All he has to do is you will dress him up in the morning, he will go and sit there, his job is to learn. How he got there is not his business. You brought him there. Can I preach that one? So even we, we are in control of our own kids. How much more God? Why would he not be in control of our lives? Number three. Waiting on the Lord allows God to do his work. It allows God to do his work. Habakkuk 2, 1 to 3. Habakkuk 2, 1 to 3. <laughs> I will stand upon my watch. You remember the psalm, the, 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 the uh, uh, allusion was made, the connection was made um, between waiting on God and watching over a city or a town. And the same thing we are seeing in Habakkuk. He says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Three. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall... But at the end what will happen? At the end what will happen? Okay. At the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It says at the end it shall speak. If it is not speaking, it is not the end. Because at the end it will speak. One way we will know we are at the end is when it is speaking. So if it is not speaking, we are not at the end. We are still in the journey. We are still on the process. I pray for you that you will get to the end where things will begin to speak for you in the name of Jesus Christ. It says, and at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it shall come to pass, it will not tarry. How would it say it tarries, then it says it will not tarry? Is there confusion in God's mind? Is God confused? It's impossible. God cannot be confused. Is there contradiction? 
Impossible. There cannot be contradiction. So why would he say, though it tarry, then says it will not tarry? Because the first tarry you see there is according to the timing of man. It's according to the calendar and clocks of man. So in the eyes of man, you are supposed to be married by now. So if you are not, it has tarried. But in the plan of God, there's nothing like timing. There's nothing like delay. Because in his time, he makes all things beautiful. So he's waiting for that appointed time. So when it gets there, things will speak for you. Things will work for you. If it is not speaking, you are not there yet. And so in the eyes of God, there is no delay. It is only in the eyes of man that you say I've delayed. That you say things have delayed. In God's eyes, there is no delay. Because God has got you. Can I preach? It says... Though a time is wait for it, for it, it will surely, surely, surely come. It will not tarry. Now, mind you, this person, Habakkuk, receiving this word, is already on the watch, waiting for a move of God. And then God comes and gives you a word and says, write it and wait for it. So all the waiting I've been doing is only to receive instruction to wait more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number four, waiting on God increases strength. 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 But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Every now and then, your strength must be renewed. You remember Jesus said, um, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So by their waiting, they receive an infusion of power. And Isaiah also says, you wait on the Lord, your strength is renewed. You see, the way the world is, you cannot keep going without your strength being renewed. Otherwise, the time will come, you will break down and be hopeless. And that is why every now and then you need to wait upon the Lord so your strength can receive new strength. He says his mercies are new every morning. And so you cannot rely on yesterday's mercies for today's challenges because he has mercies for you every day. And so we say our Father who art in heaven, then we get to a portion, we say give us this day our daily bread because every day requires its own bread. Hallelujah. Every day requires its own bread. But if you wait, your strength is renewed. There, there are some group of scientists called ornithologists. Somebody say ornithologists. Who, who is an ornithologist? Do, do you know? Pastor Michael, do you know? They are who? <laughs> okay. They are... They are, they, they study birds. They study birds. Different kinds of birds. That's their job. Birds, not bird, I that's one. <laughs> B-I-R-D-S, birds. And they say there are three types of ways by which birds fly, if you like. Three ways. The first way is flapping. Flapping is what birds like the hummingbird does. Do you know the hummingbird? Okay. Like those small birds, they, they, their wings are just going quickly, so quickly. That, that's, what, that's what they call flapping. And for the birds that flap, there is there's so much flying they can do. They, they can't go so high. Now, another category 
of birds uh, or flying style or type is what you call uh, gliding. We have birds who also glide. And then the third category is soaring. We have birds that soar. And, and one of the prominent birds in this category is the eagle. It has the ability to read the currents. It, it knows how um, the earth, certain air pressures are moving from the earth. And it, it, it has a way of seeing it and positioning itself such that the current is able to carry it. And then it soars in a, in a height that other birds can only dream of. Amen. And yet, there are times that the eagle will just go and lock itself in a cave or in a place somewhere and break its beak. It will break its own beak so a new one can be formed. A stronger one can be formed. It will wait patiently for all that period. And eventually, when it is formed and it is soaring again, there's, there's, there's not so many birds that can compete with it on that level. When you are like the eagle, when you see other bears flapping, you are not jealous. When you see other bears gliding, you are not jealous. Because maybe while they are doing all this, you are changing your beak. They don't understand. But when your own time comes and after it has been formed and you are soaring, you are actually unstoppable. I pray for you that after this waiting period, that you will be unstoppable in your quest in this world. You'll be unstoppable in making impact all around you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to rise to your feet. You want to pray that the Lord will strengthen you as you wait upon him. The Lord will strengthen you. Please lift up your voice, begin to pray for yourself. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.